Shalom and hello. My name is Carl Whitehead and I would like to take a few minutes to talk to you about a new course that is going to be available on the Foundation Nest called Kolot Torah, Voices of Torah. For the past 10 years, I've been on a deeply personal journey with God, learning about the profound depth of God's Torah and the living Hebrew language. And I am extremely excited to be able to share with and teach on these things that I have learnt and are continuing to learn, so that you too can begin a deeper journey into God's Word. That is why I would like you to join me on a journey into the Voices of Torah. In this Foundation Nest course, you will have access to a weekly video lecture where I will be investigating and discussing elements of the weekly Torah portion. You will also be able to join in a live Zoom call every week so that you can discuss with me and other students the things that you are learning about and invariably the questions that you will be meditating upon. More importantly, I will teach you how I have learnt to study, engage with and converse with the living nature of God's love letter to humanity, which is his word. This course is designed to introduce you to an ever unfolding and expanding perspective of God's word, and will introduce you to the wonders of the Hebrew text and the rich culture of studying Torah on a weekly basis. More importantly, you will learn how adding your voice to the ever-revealing nature of God's word through study and conversation will change you and the world around you. During this course, you will be introduced to the tools and the resources that will teach you to see the, the astounding gems hidden in the Hebrew text and the amazing ongoing millennia-long conversation that continues to inspire and challenge all viewpoints and perspectives about revelation, relationship, and life. So if you would like to learn more about studying the Word of God, and specifically about learning how to begin studying in the original Hebrew language, then I invite you to join me in Kolot Torah, Voices of Torah. Shalom. Welcome to Origin Gate's weekly podcast, Wisdom's Echo. I am Teresa Bowen, and I'm your host for this session, and I want to share some insights on the Maseroth commonly known as the constellations, and how they are a prophetic voice, if you will, signs in the heavens to declare the coming Christ, um, his death, burial, resurrection, mankind's salvation, redemption, and deliverance, and our resurrection, if you will, and all the wonderful things uh, to come that Yahweh has promised, we can find in the emblems of the signs, the constellations um, that the Bible calls the Maseroth, and you'll find that, that in the book of Job, where he talks about the Maseroth. And I'll read those scriptures later. But right now, um, I'm, I study out of the book Maseroth or the Constellations by Francis Rolston. And I was told about this book by Ian Clayton when we first met him. I don't know how long ago now that's been. 
but it has truly been a blessing to me to read out of this book, to study out of this book, um, and to glean the insights. It was written in like the 1800s by a woman who just told the truth even back then of what these constellations are. This is not astrology by no means, um, nor am I an astronomer, which is the science of studying the stars. I am an oracle, a lover of Yahweh, and um, a, huh, a journeyman, if you will, um, into the ancient truths, the ancient paths, finding the ancient markers, and going the way of the desert fathers and mothers, and... Um, gleaning from Koshek, the truths and the mysteries. So let me begin here with um, the scriptures tell us that the signs in the skies, that they were for times and seasons, that they were for ruling over the earth. They were to point us in directions. I mean, even the wise men, out of the east followed a star to find Yeshua. Um, and there's teachings on that, that it was actually a planet and retrograde and all kinds of things. And probably that is true, but I'm not going into that much depth. Um, but let us begin. The seed of a woman shall bruise the serpent's head. The serpent shall bruise his heel. We find that in the book of Genesis. And there is a tradition that at the creation of man, the sun at the summer solstice was among the stars called the sign of the virgin, which is Virgo, or um, what I like to call it, the house of Zebulon. The 12 tribes um, correlate with the 12 major constellations. So, um... In that place was figured long before the Christian era in the Egyptian zodiac, the figure of a woman with an ear of corn in her hand, and below another female figure holding an infant. Here then is recognized the seed, the offspring of the woman. In the next sign, the scales, which we uh, know as Libra, um, or the house of Levi, at once convey the idea of purchase. He comes to buy, the seed comes to buy, to redeem. There is then the figure of a man grasping a serpent as in conflict. We know this as um, Ophiuchus, that constellation. His foot on the head of a scorpion, whose reverted sting appears to have wounded his heel. Here the seed, the offspring of the woman, is bruising the enemy's head after having received the predicted bruise in the heel. And you find all of this in the book of Genesis. The first prophecy is thus fully figured out. The first part of it is as fully accomplished. 
The heel of the virgin's son was bruised when nailed upon the cross. Upon the cross. In the next sign, an arrow is coming forth from the bow. Can anyone fail to see here express that he shall come speedily, surely? Then a kid of, or a goat sinking down as the sacrifice appointed to be slain for sin. Then the promised seed, a man, is arising and pouring out water as to purify or sustain life. So the kid or the goat um, is, um, oh gosh, I can't think of the Babylonian constellation, but it is um, Naphtali, and then the man uh, that's Aquarius or uh, the tribe of Reuben. So two fishes, which is Pisces or um, Simeon, the house of Simeon, joined together by a band, come next. Water is their element. Abundantly multiplying is their characteristic. To the Christian, there is but to name the church of Christ, and the fitness of the emblem will at once be recognized. The primitive institution of sacrifice was equally of a kid or a lamb. The lamb or young ram is next. That's Aries. As it had been slain, but now living on high. I think that's the tribe of Asher also, Aries. The bull or Taurus or the house of Joseph, really called the house of Ephraim, um, also a sacrificial animal, but living and in an attitude of victory. He who died in the kid is now alive again, and to him all power is given. The twins, which is Gemini, or uh, the house of Benjamin, Benjamin uh, the closest visible image of two natures in one person are next. And the scriptural believer will not fail to recognize their import. The crab, or cancer, or... Um, Issachar holds fast what it has once grasped. The lion, um, which is Leo or Judah, rends apart whatever he seizes, as at the last awful day the judge will separate good from evil. Take and read, as the voice cried to the saint of old, Search the scriptures as the Lord himself has enjoined, even if never searched before, and see if these simple and expressive emblems are not faithful interpreters of the prophecies um, there contained. The coincidences cannot be overlooked. They're, they are too complete to be unintentional. The common sense of mankind at once recognizes the marks of design. To that universal faculty, the appeal is made. Are there not here those marks? And in the correspondence with Scripture, the proof of what was that design? Was it not indeed in another, yet consistent, record to show forth the glory of God? This appeal to the ordinary faculties of the human mind, 
to its power of comparison and judgment, may well hope for the verdict that the signs were intended to symbolize prophecy as recorded in the Holy Scriptures. A connecting link is the significance of the ancient names in the original language of mankind as transmitted in the Hebrew of the Holy Scriptures and the most ancient Arabic. But to appreciate this additional evidence, there must be either a knowledge of the languages or a due estimate of the force of testimony. Those acquainted with the original scriptures will testify to the occurrence of the root of the name in those writings as shown by the reference given in the subsequent tables. And you will find those subsequent tables throughout this book um, that tell of the original Hebrew names for the scriptures. And you may or may not remember this, but I'll go ahead and read this. Who was the inventor of astronomy? Seth, Enoch, Noah. Seth, the son of Adam, with Adam and Enoch. That and those are who are the inventors of astronomy. Seth, the son of Adam, with Adam and Enoch. And I love the traditional answers. They will say Seth or Thoth. And when you discover that Seth and Thoth are the same person, that's kind of interesting. Also, when was it invented? Very early, in the first age of mankind. So see, this was written in the 1800s, and it tells us in the first age of mankind. So when we talk about the many different ages that Yahweh brings about for us, we see that really and truly, this is nothing new, that Yahweh has always brought us to many different ages, ever-increasing glory, from glory to glory to glory. And as we finish out this year, 2020, we will find a new age upon us yet once again that we are entering as we go into this 12-12-20 portal coming up soon. And whew, for many of us already, we've entered this next age, uh, this new Jerusalem age, but um, humanity as a whole will be entering um, and it's going to be so glorious. Woo! So, when, where, and by whom were the yet extant names and emblems invented at the same time by the same persons and in the same locality? In the first age, by Seth, the son of Adam, with Adam and Enoch. So, where was this locality? in their first habitations, in or near the land of Eden, said to have been between Chaldea and India. But I say before the fall, in Eden, this was brought out before so Adam could name them. When we understand that the Shamaim, the heavens, are created. Remember Yahweh said in the beginning he created the heavens and the earth. So what we're seeing in the heavens is a created place, just like the earth, the cosmos, is a created place 
place, this heaven. That's why we're taught about the heavens, heaven of heavens, and perfection, or um, existence, or the creation place that's above this heaven that is a created place where the created lights from the fourth day were placed in the skies. And we understand that Yahweh said on the first day, let there be light. And there were luminaries that were created with that place to rule over the day, these greater lights, these luminaries. And so in this created heaven, we have this created light to explain to us the plan of Yahweh in redeeming mankind from the fall, that we can once again enter the garden through the blood of Yeshua in the here and now, not when we die, and commune with our Father face to face in the heaven of heavens and in perfection above this created heaven. Shalom.